want to begin by welcoming those who are on the live stream with us, also welcoming those who are in our at-risk group that are meeting. We have three uh, good options, we believe, for people to experience the communion of Jesus Christ and other people, which we believe both are necessary. So we have in-person services here, and then we have a, a smaller group with our at-risk group, and then uh, we also have the live stream for those who are watching from home. Uh, we're going to begin a uh, message series on um, managing or how to handle your money, how to handle your money. We believe this is so important, especially as we're trying to grow in Jesus. And um, I believe that the Lord has prophesied that 2021 is going to be a year of many people coming back to Jesus. So get ready for it. Be a vessel of it. Encourage people and have mercy. 2020 was a year of demons, a year of falling away, a year of offenses, a year of everything nasty that hell has to offer. But 2021 is going to be year, a year of everything that Jesus has to offer in restoring people coming back. And so in helping people come back, we want to help us uh, how to handle our money. So um, this morning we're going to be talking about an every dollar budget. Then next week we'll talk about dealing with debt. And then uh, on the 21st, we'll talk about an emergency fund and savings. And then February 28th, we'll talk about investments or sowing and reaping. So this morning, we're talking about an every dollar budget. And I want you to think about this in Mark chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus is preparing to do one of the most extraordinary miracles ever performed that, quite frankly, um, the disciples of Jesus for 2,000 years have struggled to replicate. Now, amazingly, the disciples of Jesus have replicated almost all of the other miracles He performed, except for walking on water. We haven't really had too many testimonies of that one. But we have replicated the uh, healing of blind eyes. We have replicated the healing of the deaf ears. We have replicated the, ra the, the lame walking. I've seen all three of those. We've replicated raising from the dead. Um, some ministries have. I've, I've come close to that by re seeing organs restart and whatnot. Um, but this particular miracle has been a tough one to replicate by taking just a few loaves, five loaves and two fish, and feeding somewhere between five and 25,000 people with those loaves and fish. There are some ministries that are attempting it and have seen it take place. But there's a few and far between. So to set that miracle up, look at how he starts in Mark 6:38. Jesus said to them, and by the way, I'm sorry, we are having com uh, computer problems, so these scriptures will not come up on the screen. So this would be a good time to get out your YouVersion Bible app and look these scriptures up. I'll try and give you the text very clearly. This is Mark chapter 6, verse 38. You can look that up and follow along with me in your Bible apps or whatever. Um, if you just got internet, you can uh, connect and find them by searching Google for Mark 6:38. So Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? So in other words, the setup for the extraordinary miracle that he was going to do was how many loaves and fishes? What do you got? Let's, let's start by saying, what is it that you have? And that's what an every dollar budget is all about. It starts with what do you have to offer Jesus to perform the great miracle with? If you don't start with what you have, you don't really know what you're offering. Now, uh, as a child, 
my dad bought this magic trick. And uh, classic being my dad, he did not explain the magic trick to us. He simply performed it on us over and over again as we tried to figure it out. But he bought these um, nickels, basically, and we knew it was a magic trick, but he bought these nickels, and he introduced the magic trick by saying, now, if I was to say to you, give me all the nickels you have, and I will turn them into dimes, how many nickels would you give me? And of course, being doubting Thomases, we said, well, I don't know, prove it. So his dad said, okay, well, give me, you know, four or five nickels. Okay. So we gave him four or five nickels. Now, my parents taught me to save, so nickels were precious. <laughs> so we gave him our nickels, and he took this magic trick, and he took this little stack of nickels and waved his hand and did his thing, and then he would remove the nickels and transform them into dimes. And the first time we saw it, we said, no. And he said, would you like more nickels to turn into dimes? Well, when he handed us the dimes, we said, oh, yeah. So we handed him the next set of nickels, and he did it again, waved his hand, did his little thing. And we gave him about five nickels, and he gave us five dimes back. And at this point, we're saying, I'm going to catch him. But... We're starting to doubt our doubts now, which means we're starting to wonder, has he really discovered a magical device that can pull this thing off? <laughs> and so he did it again and handed us, instead of five nickels, handed us five dimes back. Well, you know, we're getting addicted to this thing. And he said, would you like to do it again? And at this point, we're like, it's magic. So we did this four or five times and never could catch him in the magic trick. And at this point, we're saying, we have discovered it. We can bring an endless supply of nickels and transform them into dimes. Praise God, give me more nickels, right? And after doing this over and over again, Dad finally showed us the trick. And, of course, the trick is, is that it's really a hollow tube with a nickel on top. And while he's doing a sleight of hand, what he's doing is he's pocketing the nickels, placing some dimes underneath there, and putting it out. And when he lifts it, there's dimes all of a sudden, right? Now, Dad had the ability to do that because he was a miracle-working provider. <laughs> Our Father has the ability to take your nickels and transform them into dimes. And that's what we're preaching this morning. But it begins by handing him some nickels and counting out the nickels so he can count the dimes back to you. And that's what this story is all about. And so what we want to do is we want to learn to do an every dollar budget so we can count properly so that our Father can multiply it back to you in the form of a miracle. Now, when I say that we have a hard time replicating this miracle, we have a hard time doing it in a public way in crowds. But privately, we see God do this all the time. Trey's testimony was an example of this. We see God, people give God a little bitty offering, 
and then he transforms it and multiplies it over and over again. And that's my encouragement to you, is I want you to think about what offering you can give God so that he can multiply it back for you. So we're going to count for the miracle, and I want to look at how Jesus taught them to do an every dollar budget so that they could give God their nickels and him transform them into dimes for the amazing miracle. Now, the goal of budgeting is this. We're training ourselves to be frugal with ourselves so we can be generous to others. I'm going to say that again. The goal of doing an every dollar budget defined as I know where every single dollar is going. Oh, Lord, help us. I know where every single dollar is going. Every single one. That means if you're like me, you carry cash in your wallet, and I do, because I wanted to start giving to the homeless people who asked me for help. And oh, the Lord has blessed me for this. So I know whether I've got cash in my wallet and it came out of my budget. Every dollar budget went in there. And I've got a budget for how much I can give for homeless people that ask for money. See what I'm saying? It, you know where every dollar is going. And when you do that, what's going to help you is you'll be frugal with yourself and generous to others. Now, the disciples had already discovered this because how did Jesus challenge them? He said, leave your business behind and follow me. Leave your fishing business behind and I will make you fishers of men. Leave your tax collecting business behind and I will teach you to count people who come to Jesus. Leave your construction business behind and I will teach you to build people. That's how he challenged his disciples. So they had become accustomed to being frugal with themselves and generous to others because they were following Jesus already. Now, a couple of goals I have for this message is this. Um, for some of you, this will be an introduction of a lifestyle of being frugal with myself so I can be generous with others. And you need to repent to saying, I will start doing a every dollar budget so I can be frugal with myself and be generous with others. For others, this message is about the miracle of multiplication. The disciples had made the commitment that they were leaving everything to follow Jesus, but they lacked the faith for multiplication for the miracle. So some of you, this is to impart the faith for multiplication of what you offer Jesus. He will multiply. And for some, this is simply about just repenting to do a budget for the first time in your life. All right, now let's look at the story. We're going to start in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. You can follow along in whatever device you have this morning. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. So what they were doing was they were practicing generosity in their ministry. They were going out serving and ministering to others. And I want to encourage you, make your life about serving other people. It will be so much more fulfilling if you'll make your life about serving other people with the gifts God has given you than serving yourself. Make your life about serving other people. Make your money about serving other people. And Jesus said to them, 
Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Doing an every-dollar budget is not only about budgeting your finances, but it's also about budgeting your energy. Now, is there anybody in the room who has discovered that you have a limited budget of energy? Now, in a land like America, the land of the free, where we are the land of opportunity, actually, our energy and our time has more value than our money. Would you agree with that? That's because we have the ability to turn energy and time into money if we want to. Not so in every, not so in every part of the world, but here in America, it is so. So, budgeting your energy and your time is as important as budgeting your money, and budgeting your money is about budgeting your energy and your time. Some of you are saying, how is that so? Okay, I'm going to tell you how it's so. When I don't budget my money, I spend more freely. Has anybody else noticed that? That When there's no budget, there's no accountability, and the money just flows. Praise God, it just flows. Some of the worst nightmares I've had in my life is whenever we went into Christmas with no Christmas budget. I mean, you have no idea how much Christmas money you got, and it just flows. Oh, somebody needs that gift. Oh, yeah. Oh, somebody needs that gift. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's fill up the stoppings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't go without that gift. Oh, yeah. Let's buy that on Amazon. Oh, there's a Black Friday special. Oh, praise God. Spend it. <laughs> and what happens is you have Christmas and then the nightmare sets in. And you not only have no money left, you're deep into the red. And the flow of this is you must now spend more time and more energy to make more money to get your finances back in order. You see, an every dollar budget is about your time and your energy. So the more we control our budget, the more we gain control of our time and our energy. My personal experience as a pastor is that people who do not do a budget, what happens is... They, they spend, and then they spend the rest of their life making up for what they spent, and they have no time for Jesus. And because their life is a cycle of spending and spending with no accountability, and the result is they have nothing left over for Jesus, and they have nothing left over for people. So a budget is going to help us to budget so that we have something to offer to Jesus and something to offer to people. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When the anointing gets strong enough, people will be chasing us down. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Now notice they had already spent themselves in ministry, Notice he was trying to get them away to replenish their energy, but the crowds were following them, so now Jesus is going to minister from their reserves. And every dollar budget is going to tell you how much reserves you have to give away. If you're not doing it, you have no idea how much gas is left in the tank. Praise God, people 
You know, you're, you're driving there on faith. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're saying, I'm going to go to Kansas City, but my, my, uh, you know, my gas tank meter, it doesn't work. Praise God, I'm just going on faith. How many of you, you know, are willing to do that? No, we don't do that. We calculate how much gas and how many times we need to stop at the gas station, right? So they're now pulling from their reserves. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, basically, we're out of reserves. The budget is spent. Our excess is spent. We got nothing left. We are now deficit spending in our energy reserves to minister to these people. Now, what do you do whenever you are now deficit spending to minister to these people? You do what the disciples did. You say, Jesus, send these people away. We're done with them. Right? And that's what happened. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. The hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat and praise God, give us a break. But Jesus saw their situation, and he was trying to set them up for a miracle because he saw they lacked faith for multiplication. So Jesus answered them and said, will you give them something to eat? And they're saying, we've done an every dollar budget, and we have nothing left for these people. And he's saying, well, give them something to eat from what, you know, from, from your budget. And they're saying, we got no budget. Have you ever had that discussion with the Lord? You're telling God, I got nothing. He said, well, give them what you've got. Lord, I've got nothing. You've got something. And so he answered and said, you give them some to eat. And they said to him, shall we go buy 200 denarii, that's a lot of money, by the way, worth of bread and give it to them to eat? How many times has Jesus either allowed or orchestrated a problem in your life so he can perform a miracle. That's what's going on here. I just have learned that I would prefer to be in the business of helping people and let Jesus create those kinds of problems than to be in the business of rebellion and let Jesus create those kinds of problems. I'd rather have ministry problems than rebellion problems. So he said, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, well, you know, what are we going to do? So notice the question. Jesus said to them, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Do your budget to figure out what you've got and what you don't got. And when they found out, they did their budget. They, they, they balanced their checkbook. They said, well, we have five loaves and two fish. I like that. You see, doing an every dollar budget is about looking things in the face and saying, I know what I've got, and I know what I need Jesus to do. When my wife and I were first married, we had the testimony of, of uh, I met my wife, we were engaged, and uh, because we were short on funds, we just scheduled it. My parents were coming down for college graduation, so... She met my parents on Wednesday. We did rehearsal dinner on Thursday. We got married on Friday. 
I graduated on Saturday, and we left for our honeymoon on Sunday. Praise the Lord. That was all to save money. And, you know, praise God. I entered into our marriage with the very generous offering of a car that didn't work very well and a $5 radio. That's what I had to offer. She expressed great faith in marrying me. So someone had taught us to do a budget, and um, there was a mentor in the church, and so we started doing a budget, and it was brutal, because what we learned was is that we didn't have enough money. So, you know, we did the very wise thing to do. We said, well, what we'll do is we'll do the budget, and then if we have room at the end, we'll, we'll give God a tithe. Praise God. Amen. That's faith, right? And we did that, and what we learned was we never had enough money to give a tithe which is historically always accurate. Anybody that puts the tithe at the bottom of the budget, you know what they never do is tithe. And so we just decided by faith to put the tithe at the top of the budget. Tithe is 10% of all of your increase. It belongs to God. We put that at the top of the budget even before our rent and food. And we gave that to the ministry, and then we bought rent and food. And what we found was the budget was red meaning it was always in the negative, but as we placed the tithe first, God performed a miracle. We watched this happen for 36 months, three years. We saw 36 miracles take place as we placed the tithe at the top of the budget. And then we watched God provide for groceries, God provide for jobs, and then, then we added an offering because we started feeding college kids. Hello. Have you ever fed college kids? Little secret, if you got no money, feed them lots of carbs. So we fed college kids, and God provided that miracle. So through that experience, I, I told our house church, we had three miracles in our home group Wednesday night. It's amazing. And I told our home group, I never get tired of seeing a healing miracle, but I will confess to you, I've seen so many financial miracles, I've become bored with them. And you will too. And I want to encourage you, if you will place God first, do an every dollar budget, put the tithe at the top of the budget, God will do so many financial miracles, you will get bored with them so that you can move on to something more exciting. Come on now. So we're going to count for the miracle. They counted what they had. Then they counted what they needed. Would you say they counted what they had? So I'm going to do an every dollar budget. My wife's the only one that's going to do an every dollar budget. Praise God, all right? Thank you, dear, for your support. You're making me feel good. Say, I'm going to do an every dollar budget so I know where every dollar's going and I know what I've got. Then they counted what they needed. Come on now. The whole principle is the budget is going to enable me to look the monster in the face. I was praying for a guy in Brazil that was blind and he wanted his eyes opened. And uh, the guy wanted to get healed and I wanted him to get healed. So as I would prayed for him, he'd close his eyes. Then I'd have him check him out and I'd see what he could see. And I noticed because he wanted to be healed, he would exaggerate what he could see. But when you're exaggerating, you're not setting yourself up to get healed. So I didn't let him get away with it. I just said, okay, that's good. Let's pray again. 
But as we got brutally honest with each other, eventually, one time I prayed for him, and then he opened his eyes, and he started jumping up and down, shouting, because this time he could see. And so I put it to the test. I said, see that person way out there. Now, I've had LASIK, so I got 20-20 vision. And I said, see that person up there? I can see the color of their clothing. Can you see that? Tell me. And they, he described the color of their clothing to me in perfect detail. See what I'm saying? That we started by getting honest is the point. And every dollar budget is going to help you do that. So let's look at verse 40. They sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. Notice he categorized the problem. There's between five and 25,000 people present. Come on now. What are you going to do? That's an overwhelming number. Just put them in categories. When you do your every dollar budget, what it's going to do is you're going to say, well, my car bill is this much, my house bill is this much, my food bill is this much, and you're going to replace. How many of you have heard someone say, we don't have enough money? How many of you said, we don't have enough money? It's going to replace that language with, I'm spending too much on my credit cards. I'm driving a $90,000 car, and the payment's killing me. Come on now. When you categorize it, it's going to show you where the problem is at. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, now notice that Jesus is looking the problem in the eye. We've got five to 25,000 people and we've got a couple of loaves. We've got five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them. I want to tell you that God's method of multiplying the miracle always start by eyeing the problem, your every dollar budget. That's how you're going to manage your money. You're going to know where every dollar goes. Then it always comes by me offering something to God. Now, God can do miracles with me offering nothing to God. He has. But when He does that, we don't learn anything. That would be like you tying your child's shoes until they're 20. <laughs> At some point, they need to learn how to tie their own shoes. And so at some point, Jesus is going to say, give an offering. What do you have to offer? We offer different things to God, but He always starts with an offering, and then from the offering, He will multiply. Now, imagine this poor kid that he got the loaves and fishes from, by the way. It wasn't the disciples. That was some poor kid. That kid gave his entire lunch and dinner and maybe his family's lunch and dinner. No matter what your felt need is, I want to encourage you to count it. And if you will count it and then give an offering from it, God will perform a miracle. Let's go to the third one. So they counted what they had. They counted what they needed. And then they counted what they had left. A budget is going to help you count what you have left. What it's going to do, that does two things. It tells you how much you've got left to give to other people. It also tells you what the size of the miracle is. And it's so important to record the size of the miracle. So notice in Mark chapter 6, verse 43, the disciples took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and fish. Now, why do you think the Bible records that? 
We understand why it recorded that there was five to 25,000 people. We get that. I say it's 5,000 men and women and children with them, right? We understand that. We also understand why the Bible records that there's no food for these people. We also understand why the Bible records that, that, um, that all they had was five loaves and two fishes. What's the point of recording that when they fed them all, there was 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish? It's to record the size and the scope of the miracle. If you're not doing an every dollar budget, you have no ability to record the size and the scope of the miracle that Jesus did from you. Notice my testimony. I said, we were in the red month by month, but God expanded our, 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 our capacity and paid for it for three years. So I know what my 36 miracles were about. And then it gave me faith for more. And then it says, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Most scholars believe women and children were with them. 15, 20, 25,000 people. Jesus multiplied the offering of five loaves and two fishes into a miracle provision. He still does this today. I want to close this message with a couple of thoughts. Remember I said that the miracle happens when we give Jesus an offering. All right? We're in a financial series, How to Handle Your Money. You start by offering Jesus a financial offering. We did it by saying the tithe, 10% at the top of the budget before we buy groceries, before we pay rent, before we buy gas, before we do anything. By the way, my testimony is we had about, um, let's see, we had, I had about $6,000 in college debt, a lot more than, you know what I'm saying? And so... Uh, and then Ho Pastor Holly had about $2,500. I think that's accurate. Within those three years, we paid all that off. While we were in the red in the budget, that's the size of the miracle that God performed as we gave him our financial offering. Then what happens is we give, after we train ourselves in our finances, we move on to what is more precious to us an offering of our time and our energy. Remember, we Americans, time and energy equals money. And what happens is now we're giving something a little bit more precious to us, time and energy. It hurts worse, but the multiplication is greater when I'm willing to give up my time and my energy. You can do that by saying, I'm going to be faithful to a home group, right? I'm going to be faithful to the small group of people God has given me. I'm going to sign up to serve in this ministry. That, that's a an offering of time. By morning devotions, most of our home groups are going through the More Jesus Bible Reading Plan. That's a morning time I'm giving to the Lord before I start my day. God multiplies it out. And then, after we've trained ourselves with our money, our heart follows our money, we've trained ourselves with our time, what I have found is when we give the offering of our very lives, meaning we're no longer giving what we have, now we're giving what we are. Now, if you want to see some real miracles, move from giving an offering of your money to an offering of your time and your energy to an offering of who you are. 
you offer who you are, Jesus will take that seed and multiply it beyond your wildest imaginations.